This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, over recent weeks, Ukraine have had very significant advances on the battlefield to the point where Vladimir Putin has been, to some extent, humiliated, certainly subjected to severe criticism in Moscow, in Russia, and many people have been public in their criticism of him. On Saturday, I suppose, this culminated with an explosion on the Kersh Bridge, a vanity project, a pet project of Vladimir Putin's. This bridge links Russia with Crimea, and this was seen to be a very, very serious blow to Putin's pride. Since then, beginning on Sunday, really, he has been indiscriminately bombing Kiev and other parts of Ukraine, hitting civilian targets and infrastructure, key infrastructure, energy plants. It's pretty savage stuff. And he has also very significantly appointed a new war leader. General Sergei Sorovakin was the leader of the Russian attacks in Syria and, and in Chechnya, indeed. He is renowned and feared, and anyone who knows about what the Russians did in Syria and indeed in Chechnya will know what Sorovakin is famous for. We're joined now by Dmitry Olovsky, who is a presenter and chief editor of the YouTube channel Kordakovsky.live. He's a former deputy editor-in-chief for TV Rain, which was based in Moscow, but has now been forced to move to Latvia because TV Rain was giving the public more information than Putin and his government wanted. Dmitry, thank you very much for joining us again. What I've described there, particularly the Kersh Bridge and the humiliation of Putin or the perceived humiliation of Putin is accurate, isn't it? 
you know, it's not, well, hi, hi there, and thank you so much for having me again. Um, it's not that simple as it um, looks for the first sight, the situation yes. around the Kurdish bridge. Because, um, as you know, uh, Ukraine, still nobody from the officials have uh, claimed that, uh, yes, we did it. Yes, it was our attack. Yes. yes so on and some people think it might have been enemies of Putin's in Moscow. That's what I actually think. Uh, I think it's not like the enemies of Putin himself, but I think, you know, um, Russian um, elite are uh, not very united. And uh, there are different, um, uh, different people in military, in KGB, uh, in intelligence services uh, who are one against another. They are fighting all the time. They are quarreling all the time and they try to get more attention from Putin every day. So basically what I think and uh, what um, I witnessed actually uh, is that it's something, um, a quarrel between them, between probably um, military intelligence service and between uh, KGB, which is now uh, known as um, FSB. So it's not about like doing something against Putin and uh, it's not about like giving a Putin a chance to uh, to shield, to bomb uh, Ukraine, because yes. he doesn't need any excuses for that. He's not that type of guy anymore, you know. He, he doesn't need any any specific causes, any reasons. He can't just do it. He can't just do it anytime. And now uh, we've been talking to some Ukrainian uh, military officers and uh, to some Ukrainian military experts, and they said that that uh, amount of uh, uh, bombing uh, that we have witnessed like yesterday and today since the beginning of this week, um, it actually looks like it was planned um, pretty much uh, before this week. I mean, days or even weeks before it, because you cannot like plan this sort of huge military operation um, uh, uh, so, so fast. It took, it took them actually some time. Yes, there are a couple of interesting observations made you may or may not know, the British have a facility, GCHQ it's called. It's where they spy on the world, really. It's a vast place in Cheltenham. And they are the eyes and ears of the British government in the world. They listen in, they watch, they get secret information. And Sir Jeremy Fleming is the head of GCHQ. And he was out on television over the last 24 hours his analysis, their analysis is that Putin is desperate, that he is under pressure. Also, they say there's no signs that they can see that he is reaching for nuclear weapon, a nuclear weapon at this time. But they do say that his army is in bad shape and also that using the missiles that they're using in, over the last few days to attack Ukraine's infrastructure and people, they don't have too many of them. Unfortunately, they do have enough missiles. Before the war, uh, the amount of them, uh, I mean, the ones that are being used right now against the uh, Ukrainian civil uh, population, it's huge. It's uh, numerous. I mean, right. they have thousands of it. And uh, I think the number that... Um, uh, they have fired on Monday was something between like 40 or 80. 80 yes. uh, but what is uh, interesting now and what we can see now um, 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 overlooking Putin's behavior, I would like to point two things. Well, first of all, uh, now he 
uh, he's looking for um, some advices, some help, and uh, some sort of agreement uh, between his uh, military generals, between intelligence services, between KGB, whatever. Because when he started shouting uh, uh, Ukraine on Monday, he said that he decided uh, to uh, accept the proposition of the military defense of the uh, of the generals. So th- you see, that wasn't like his idea. And uh, what we see now is actually he's not the guy who wants to probably push the red button, but he maybe is looking forward uh, to hear somebody from um, uh, from the uh, security office, from the um, uh, security board, uh, security council in Russia, yes. who would tell him this is the only option, and we insist you should do that. Main, uh, basically, you might remember there was a funny picture in the very beginning of the war in February yes. when Putin was um, uh, holding negotiations with French President Macron and uh, they've met in Kremlin and that yes. was um, in the time of um, uh, pandemic and uh, there was a huge, an enormous huge table. table. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and I think now Putin doesn't have that big table. He's got a very tiny one, actually, that we use usually for uh, for a breakfast in bed. Yeah. And uh, there are only two um, subjects on uh, on this small, tiny table. Uh, the first is his uh, medicine against cough, which he's always using as he can stop coughing all the time. And we see it from his uh, public appearances. And the second is actually a nuclear button, because he's not controlling the situation anymore. The situation controls him. Let me ask you about General Sergei Sorovakin. There has been a lot of publicity over the last 24 hours in Europe, in Britain in particular, about this general whose nickname is General Armageddon. He was in charge of the operation in Syria and also in Chechnya. And people are suggesting that he has been given the job of doing in Ukraine, what he did in Syria, which was really to destroy buildings, destroy the infrastructure, and kill as many civilians as he could. He is a extremely notorious person. Um, if there is a monster in the uh, Russian army, his name is uh, Sergei Surovikin, basically. Yes. Uh, because um, he's very tough. And uh, we know a lot about him. And uh, he he actually is a uh, military criminal, a war criminal, even before uh, Chechnya had started. Even yes, he before was in Syria prison twice, wasn't he? Yes, true. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, uh, what we know about him is that we have to go back to the year of 1991. Uh, so that was the collapse of Soviet Union. And... Uh, um, um, Young Russian President Boris Yeltsin was uh, trying to build um, a new democratic republic, a Russian federation. But uh, there were some communists who were trying to get uh, the power back. Yes. And there was a revolution of that uh, communist who didn't want to, um, to go to the past. And uh, uh, they were uh, military generals. Uh, so they uh, said that it's... Um, very important to get uh, the center of Moscow of Moscow City uh, to them. So they have um, commanded. Um, uh, I think he was a colonel or a captain, something like that. Yes, uh, Sorovikin uh, to 
make uh, posts um, around the center of the city. Uh, there is a ring road called the Garden Ring. Yes. Uh, so this is the border of the of the of the center, and uh, they were trying to get it. And um, there uh, was an incident on the Arbat Street. Three people died there. Uh, three young protesters died there. Uh, two of them were uh, shot by soldiers, and uh, one of them was overrun by um, by a tank. And um, Suravikin was there. He was uh, one of that guys uh, who yeah. actually didn't have any mercy, didn't have any sympathy to protesters, uh, to young Democrats. Yes. So that that three deaths, um, they are on uh, Suravikin. Um, there are two more cases. I will run you through them like shortly. Um, well, we have to finish that one. Yes. He actually spent like seven months in prison and uh, then he he escapes any other uh, punishments. Uh, another incident happened in uh, the year of 2004. Um, uh, he was serving in uh, Euros in the city of Yekaterinburg, and uh, he had a quarrel uh, with one of his guys, with one of his lieutenants, and uh, that was in public. Uh, there was a number of other generals around there, and the young lieutenant uh, uh, was... Um, uh, so much um, freaked out that he had uh, uh, taken a gun, his own gun, and he has shot uh, to his own hair, head. Right. So he he has committed a suicide yes. because of that quarrel, because of that pressure. And we know actually that Surovikin after that didn't face any punishment. And uh, he had another quarrel when he bet up the one of his colonels uh, because of uh, their uh, political quarrel, political argument. Because Srovikin is for United Russia, the, the biggest Russian party, political, yes. and the other guy was like supporting opposition or something like that. And uh, yeah, that actually happened. So this is the person who was actually in charge of all Russian mute reparations in Syria, destroying uh, cities and towns inhabited yes. by millions of people. And uh, now he's uh, the commander of um, Russian war in Ukraine. The other funny thing, the last funny thing I want to uh, mention about him, um, we don't actually know the name of the person who was in charge of uh, the Russian war in Ukraine before Surovikin. Right. Yes, I do indeed. Maybe it was Vladimir Putin. <laughs> what do you think is the significance of Putin appointing him now, at this stage? Does it indicate desperation? Why wouldn't he have appointed him before, do you think? Um, that's a pretty good question. Um, I think there are two options, uh, two, two possible uh, ways to answer your question. The first of that, uh, the first of all is that, first of all, is that, um, um, I think Putin needs a real butcher now in yes. Ukraine, a person who doesn't have any mercy, any sympathy, as I said, and, uh, who can, uh, shoot civilians, who can, who can actually start a real genocide in Ukraine. Yes. And uh, the other option is uh, he wants uh, to share his responsibility with somebody. He wants, yes. uh, he's thinking about his future. And uh, he wants to get an option to say like, hey, I didn't, th th that's not on me. That was sort of weakened. Yes. Uh, I didn't know what he's doing there. I mean, I didn't order that to him and it's on him. Uh, most likely, uh, we will see in any possible ways Surovikin um, signing um, 
uh, documents uh, that will end the war on uh, Ukrainian terms and conditions. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, the winter approaching... How much fighting can be done, Dimitri, in that period? And what will happen when it gets very cold? Some analysis in Europe suggests that what the Russians have been doing since the weekend in infrastructure, hitting energy targets, is that they want to make the winter as difficult for the people of Ukraine as possible so that their morale will be low and maybe they'll want to make peace. There's no sign that that's happening, but that's one of the theories. I see that uh, Putin's army is facing a pretty soon deadline uh, to do anything in Ukraine until the winter because it's really tough to um, to fight uh, war before um, when it's when it's cold, yes. and uh, we know that there are um, hundreds and thousands of recruits right now who are heading to Ukraine, but they're not well equipped. They don't have any uh, warm clothes, and I know that there are lots of um, um, uh, publics and chats in Telegram in Russian social networks uh, that are run by women, and they are trying to get some. Um, warm clothes for their guys who are heading now yes. to Ukraine. Uh, what we have been witnessing since beginning of this week is that, yes, indeed, Putin is um, 
uh, is aiming uh, with his missiles uh, on um, uh, infrastructure objects uh, that are crucial uh, for uh, Ukrainian civilians, not for Ukrainian uh, military, not for Ukrainian officials, but for for simple Ukrainian people who are now preparing uh, for um, for winter. And um, you might know that there is a term uh, in historical term, uh, Holodomor, which is uh, used uh, to express uh, uh, Stalin's uh, um, um, Stalin's measures on Ukraine, uh, which had to suffer from the lack of food, from the lack of yes. uh, rye and bread. Uh, so it uh, comes from the world from the word uh, "gold," which is hunger. Yes, but there is also a word "cold," and uh, "cold" is cold. Is winter? Is coldness? So I see that Putin is doing uh, another uh, another precedent of that "cold-o-more." Uh, yes which comes from the winter. He wanted to enter Kyiv in three days. Yes. Then he wanted to freeze Europe in three months. Yes. Um, now he wants to freeze both Europe and Ukraine for th- in, in three months. Yes, well, the energy situation in Europe has improved because of the liquid gas, and that plan won't really work. Europe is sticking together. The other thing that Zelensky is calling for and is getting are more weapons, more air defense protection that they need to stop this this long-range shelling. So all we're getting in Europe in terms of information suggests that Ukraine are winning and they're winning big. And the question of of arms is interesting. We're being told by the Americans as well that Putin doesn't have the weapons and he doesn't have the trained soldiers. The the thing about the weapons, you're saying he does. Yeah. Right. And in terms of the atmosphere in Moscow and the talk around mm-hmm. his inner circle... There's three elements to this question. What's being said on the street in Moscow or in a bar? What's being said in the Kremlin? And then what's being said in the inner circle around Putin? It's going to be pretty hard to answer uh, the third part of the question. Yes, of course. Because uh, because I'm not his uh, his doctor and uh, a <laughs> member of his security council. <laughs> no. I know that uh, people are getting depressed and um, um, very tired of of the war, and uh, I know that um, propaganda is. Uh, they actually now uh, show people images of, uh, of the missiles uh, flying into the center of the city, uh, to the parks, um, to the universities, to the people, to the to the places where like children children used to uh, play to playgrounds. Yes. Yeah, and. Um, it looks like propaganda doesn't um, is not is not ashamed anymore of uh, um, of, uh, of, of of the missiles uh, hitting the civilian objects. Yeah, uh, it's you know, it's kind of okay for them, and I uh, don't think that it's okay for Russian people because um, that uh, that actually what I mentioned when I was Kiev uh, in Maidan uh, in the year of two thousand and fourteen uh, the 
cities are very, very similar one to each other. I mean, Moscow and uh, Kiev, Kharkov and um, Nizhny Novgorod, for instance. Yes. Um, the, 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 the buildings, uh, the streets, um, faces of people. And um, when you see this sort of... Uh, um this sort of um how this sort of atrocities uh in the um environment that reminds you so much of your own city i mean i i don't think you can bear it anymore yes. i don't think you can still uh, think that there are nazis there are fascists and uh, we should just send our guys to 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 kill them and um Maybe propaganda was what they do now is is that they do actually uh, good thing. Uh, speaking about people in Kremlin and about uh, people in in the government, um, there used to be some sort of a um, agreement. There used to be some sort of a yeah, I, I would say agreement between like them and Putin. Uh, because yes, Putin is a monster. Yes, uh, he's corrupted and his system is corrupted. Uh, but we can still benefit from it. We can still yes. uh, live a life of rich and famous. We yes. can still travel to Europe, enjoy our yachts, viewers and all that stuff, you know. Yes. But not anymore. Not anymore. And um, what I know about the, the inner circle of uh, Putin, I know that he's uh, looking now uh, for, uh, for a successor for a person who can run the office after him. Yes. And I know that uh, this, uh, this search uh, um, is, has to be done till the end of the year. Uh, there is a number of uh, possible persons. Mm, one of them is actually the funniest thing, is um, a, a young guy, um, and, mm, son of uh, one of his generals, but who is now a minister of uh, agriculture in Russia. Yes. This is the person who is not involved in the war. He's young, you know, like four different languages. And Putin thinks that this is a good option. Right. But, well, we'll see. We'll see. To go back to Surovakin and the significance of his appointment this week, why? Was it desperation? Or was it a desire to do to the Ukraine what Sorovikin had done to Syria and also to Chechnya in terms of destroying the infrastructure and demoralizing the people? You know, any time needs, uh, needs a hero. And uh, now it's uh, the time uh, for Sorovikin to start um, to start his job to to try to do something uh, because um, uh, it's kind of interesting job for him because definitely he wants to be minister of defense and uh, current minister of defense he is not uh, he didn't show any any decent results yes. uh, though it's a very close and tight friend and mate for for Putin. They've been traveling to Taiga many times, like spending time in Siberia, hitchhiking there, tracking all the stuff. Um, I think Surovikin really needs this job. Uh, why Putin decided to call him? I don't think that there are any other people, any other uh, players sitting on a bench and waiting for, for the coach <laughs> to call them up. Yes. So okay. maybe this is one of the last options, you know. Is there a new center forward? <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. Okay, uh, just a final question, Dimitri, about your own mood and the mood of people of your generation, many of whom have left 
We saw last week, two weeks ago, when they started to look for conscripts, a lot of young Russians leaving. Hundreds of thousands, we're told. Can you tell me about the mood of those people and your own mood of people of your generation and their, their feeling about their country when they see what is happening? You know, there is a funny acronym uh, among like my mates and my friends. Yes. Um, it's uh, uh, TPD. Uh, what are you doing in Europe? I'm on TPD. What is TPD? Two Putin dies. Yes. So basically, we all are like on yes, I some understand. Sort of yes, TPD. Yeah, but I know that um, yes, that's true. Like tens of thousands of people, of young guys, have left uh, Russia these days. Lots of them went to um, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan. Uh, many went to Georgia, and uh, I'm very grateful to all the countries that um, have opened their borders and have, that have uh, let my compatriots go in to escape that senseless and pointless and uh, stupid, silly war. Um, people don't want to go home now. Um, people are trying to live their own life. But, um, you know, um, I know that there are many Russians who are uh, suffering so badly these days that they are kind of afraid of uh, speaking that they are Russians when yes. they go abroad. Um, yes. They try to like invent them, themselves um, some sort of a new identity. So when they like go to a pub and meet some local person, and the local asks like, "Where are you from?" He's saying, "Well, well I'm from Siberia. I'm from Urals. Yes. I'm from like Volga region, or yes, um, or something." And uh, it's uh, something that uh, really bothers me uh, because I think that uh, we have. Uh, not to be ashamed of our country and of our nation, uh, despite all the war, war uh, crimin uh, criminals that have taken the power right now in Kremlin and in our motherland. And uh, we are still a part of uh, something uh, bigger, something yes. more more important uh, than uh, this, uh, this uh, gang of um, thugs. Yes, that's what they are. Dmitry, we're very grateful to you and thank you very much. That's Dmitry Elofsky. He's presenter and editor-in-chief of the YouTube channel Kordakovsky.live and Dmitry used to be deputy editor-in-chief for TV Rain, which was based in Moscow until it had to go off air because it was telling the truth. TV Rain has actually moved and they're working from Latvia. We're very, very yes. grateful to Dimitri. Thank you, Ioman. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all our listeners. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>